the Sikh community, langar is a great thing that um, it's a langar means uh, giving food to the poor and anybody that comes to our Gurdwaras, they can have food at any time. Food for Thought, Episode 7. Kulvinder Singh was born in Glasgow and lives in Edinburgh. In this episode, she talks to us about the importance of food in both the Sikh community and in her own life. My name is Kulvinder Singh. I was born in Glasgow and uh, aged 68. Does food have a strong place in your uh, community? Oh, definitely, yes. Um, in the Sikh community, langar is a great thing that um, it's a uh, langar means uh, giving food to the poor, and anybody that comes to our gurdwaras, they can have food at any time. Uh, but it's always vegetarian. Yes. And it's always cooked in the Sikh temple. Okay. Um, nowadays, actually, in Edinburgh, they started a free kitchen. It's called Guru Nanak's Free Kitchen, which okay. they've um, uh, every Wednesday. Uh, we go, a lot of the ladies, we go and cook the food at the Gurdwara and then the young men come and take it and distribute it to the homeless in Princess Street and the Bridges. Years ago, there wasn't, um, the ingredients weren't available readily here. So, um, well, in Edinburgh, the people would actually go through to Glasgow because there's a bigger community there. Oh, really? And, um, but even before that, when people were coming across from India, you know, like friends or relatives, they would, you know, and these days it was by letter. They would send a letter maybe a couple of months beforehand to say that could you bring this, you know, all the different ingredients over. And then once that started coming, then once one or two shops started opening. Okay. Um, and for instance, like the garam masala, I remember my mum and grandmother doing, and um, they would buy the red chilies whole, and then they would have an f- open fire, and then they would put it on newspaper and leave it in front of the fire for them to dry to go really crispy, and then they would pound them in a uh, mortar, okay. uh, with a mortar and a stone, um, I don't know what they call, the stone bowl thing that yeah, they put yeah. it in. Uh, the black chilies, the coriander seeds, all that would go in, they'd pound it all together and mix up, and that would be the garam masala, all the mixture. Okay. Um, they would use five or six different ingredients. And then when I got married, my mother-in-law would be doing the same. But now it's sold in the shops in packets, you okay. know. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, then we used to do it all by hand. Yeah. And then they had the wee coffee machines, yes. you know, and we'd put it into that and grind it. Okay. Because I remember my husband's grandmother, um, it would have to be really... Fine. Yes. So every time she would look at it, you know, we'd take it out and she would say, no, you have to do it again and again. So you have to go over three or four times to get it really ground down to the way she liked it. When a baby boy's born, um, um, that's every family, so there's a tradition that they make is called banjiri. Okay. And it's made from semolina, um, chapati flour, and sort of um, equal amounts. And they dry roast it completely until it's golden brown. And then they add sugar to it, and then lots of butter. 
and loads of nuts <laughs> and like um, pistachios and almonds, no any other nuts, these two. And that's one that's given to the baby's mother as well. It's supposed to keep her, get her strong back again, strength. And obviously when people visit to the house to give congratulations for the baby, so that's one of the dishes that's always given to the people. My sons got married, and when my brothers and my brother-in-laws got married, what the men would do would go to whoever house the wedding was in, and then three or four of the men in the family they would cook the like chicken legs and um, samosas and pakoras and um, uh, vadas are like um, meatballs, and then they would fill the you know the, you get these Chinese can, uh, food containers, they would put them into them and salad and pack them into, and in the morning or that evening, they'd put them into the boot of the bus, the, the coach that was taking the wedding party to wherever they were going, whether it was Glasgow, Birmingham, Manchester. And on the way, they would stop at a petrol station and um, they would stop the minibus. People, the men would probably get off, go to the bathroom, freshen up and that, come out. Then they would be all handed one each box and they would sit and eat that, have a drink, whatever, and they would actually dance. I've got a video of my brother's wedding they're actually dancing in front of the coach in the courtyard. And, you know, the people that are walking past the Scottish people, English people, and they're, they're looking at the atmosphere. It's so amazing because here's all these Sikh men. And then in the wedding, they wear orange turbans. So they all wear orange turbans. Even ones that have got their hair cut on that day, they will wear orange turban. And so it's amazing. And then obviously they've got all their fancy nice suits on and that. All festivals, we always make really nice, rich foods and that. Mm -hmm. But then at um, Vasaki, that's um, the harvest time of in India, and it's the beginning of the new year, right. and that so that comes straight to mind. And uh, we make um, suchiyan halva, a suchiyan like big, huge white, and um, that's just from plain flour and only water. So you don't add anything to that, and. Um, you start off with a, just a small one. And I remember my mum used to do it by hand. She would, you know, go like that. And then next minute, it'd be, and it'd be huge. But me and my, uh, one of my sister-in-laws, we were just laughing about and we were doing them. And I thought, so we'd put it on the table and we rolled it out. And once we rolled it, and it's so stretchy, so we stretched it and we made it as big as the way that my mum would make it. So in our family, they always get me to do them now because um, mine's has always come like that big, but that's the trick, how you do it. Okay. And then you deep fry them. Yeah. And it only takes a couple of minutes to fry, and then you take them out. Okay. And then with that is halva, which is made, again, from semolina, butter and sugar, and um, a little bit of food colouring, because normally um, you don't put the food, but at festivals and that, you put the food colouring in, so it's sort of nice orange, bright orange colour. And they serve that, and then with obviously all the other... Lots of different foods and things. Oh. But that's one of the main things, because you make big, huge piles of them. Oh, right. And um, traditionally, years ago, um, the our mother, grandmother, and that, any girl relative that was, um, like, on mother's side, sorry, on the father's side, they would give five of these with, you know, a bowl of the halva and go around even to their houses and give it. And in India... They would, my grandmother would tell us that that's what they would go around every house. So they make huge 
you know, loads because there's lots of girls to give it to. Yeah, to give it as presents. It's really nice. We look forward to all of the um, festivals, but the favourite one is it comes in June, I think, around about June, and it's um, Shabila Ramila, it's called. And um, the history that I can remember my grand telling us was that um, it was a battle between uh, the Muslims, um, like the Mughals and the Sikhs and that, and uh, one of the Sikh soldiers, obviously, when the battle finished, and there was people wounded lying in the battlefield. And this Sikh soldier went about giving water to everyone, you know, whether it was Muslim or Hindu or Sikh, uh, that was um, uh, wounded. And one person says to him, why are you giving them water? Because um, they're the ones that have tried to kill us and, you know, get rid of the Sikh nation. And he says, no, he says, they're all God's men. It doesn't matter. And um, so that festival is that when we were younger, at the Gurdwara on that day, everybody takes juice, you know, like uh, crates and crates of it, and then it would be distributed to everybody. And a shabil, as, um, that was just simple water and sugar made up at that time, and that was distributed to everybody. So from since then, on that day, and that's to remember the dead as well, and um, I remember we used to put a table out in front of our gar- front garden and anybody that passed, whether it was Scottish, you know, and we would give them a glass of juice and a lot of people would take it and then some would even actually ask why and then we would explain. So hopefully, I want, we've not done it for a long time, but I want to do it with my grandchildren this year, you know, if weather permitting. Because in these days, summer was summer, you know, and it was amazing. And then when uh, all the children, obviously afterwards, because... Everybody, some brought six bottles, some brought a crate, some brought two. So there'd be loads of juice left over. And then um, I remember my husband's grandmother going around giving all the kids a whole big bottle each to take home as well. So that really, you know, I think was one of the best um, festivals. And then obviously all the food and the cooking and everything. It just brings the family together. You know, it's a way of... Um, even now when it is a festival, I might have not seen my children, grandchildren for a few weeks or something, but on that festival, they all make the effort to be there. So whether it's at our house or their own house or whatever, so I, I think it's very important because it's a different one way of getting the family together at one point or other through the year. Food for Thought, A Life in Four Courses is delivered by Meekup and funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund. This episode was produced by Emma Jane Harrington and Kieran Earls. Interviewer was Lan Shaw. Transcriber was Emma Jane Harrington. Special thanks to Culvinder for sharing her stories with us. To learn more about our work, visit meekup.org.uk.